help of Hashem, we're learning Saita Daf Membeis. We left off on Daf Mem Aleph Amid Beis, nine lines from the bottom of the Amid by the two dots, by the mnemonic Simen Af Ubar Gehenim Biyodoi Nida and Goyla. What is very interesting here is as following: We are in middle of learning statements said by Rabbi Elazar regarding the terrible quality of Hanufa of falsely flattering someone else. And normally when we have many statements on the same topic and when the Gemara makes a mnemonic, the mnemonic is made in the beginning of the statements. Actually here, above the simon, we have the first statement of Rabbi Elazar, that whoever has Hanufa may be af lo'elam. Af is the first simon. And now we continue with the second simon of the mnemonic Uber. So says the Gemara of Amar Rabbi Elazar, says Rabbi Elazar, any person that has within him this quality, this not positive quality of falsely flattering others, even fetuses that are still in their mother wombs, they curse him, as it says, and here we're quoting a Pasuk from Mishli, that to those who tell the Russia, that you are a tzaddik, in other words, people who flatter the Russia, what happens to them is yikabuhu amim, they are cursed by the people, and yizamuhu, they are condemned by the nations. Says the Gemara, the word koiv, yikavuhu, is klala, is a curse, and this is something that we find by Bilam, that Bilam was saying, loy kaboy kale, that Hashem was not cursing us. And the words lo'oim or lo'umim, this alludes to a ubadin. It refers to fetuses, shenemar as it says, when Rivka was pregnant, ulo'oim lo'oim yemots, ulo'oim lo'oim, one nation against the other nation will struggle. But that referred to them while they were still fetuses. So really the taich is that a uber, that a fetus will curse the person that has hanufa. And as the marsha brings down the medrish, and it's also a b'raisa, and that's the b'raisa that Tanya begins off with, that when a person is still a ubar b'me'e'imai, it is then that he's given the oath to hate tzaddik va'al to hate rasha. And perhaps we can explain the following, that the whole fetus, the whole concept of a fetus, is that there's something, you know, ain't sur keloikeinu, ain't sayur keloikeinu, that the wisdom of Hashem is, is that he draws a person within another person. So if we speak about the quality of toichai kebaroi, or baroi ketoichai, you don't have this more than when you have a umar. There is the insides of a person, and then you have the mother, the outside of a person. What does the uber want? The uber wants to come out. He's in jail. In other words, he wants that the baroi should be ketoichai. He wants to find his expression. What's the concept of Hanifa? The opposite. That the inside of the person is one way. You have a rasha, and he's being called a tzaddik. So Hanifa fortifies that the baroi should not be like the toichai. The inside is one way, the outside is another way. He's being called a tzaddik when he's really a rasha. If that's the case, the uber is trapped. He cannot come out, he cannot find his expression. And a chanami that really is we are tzaddik of al-tahir rasha. And that's also important for people to remember. But we're multi-layered. So you, know, you can't say when you're chanfening a person, ah, tzaddik, because really deep down, you're etzam hanashama, the pintle yid is a tzaddik that doesn't justify chanufa. Adarabah, we want to bring that out, but we have to acknowledge all of the different layers that we have within us. 
Back in the Gemara of Amr, Rabbi Elazar, to the third mnemonic now of Gehenim, that call Adam Sheesh Hanufa, a person who has this not positive quality of being machanif, of falsely flattering others, Neufel Gehenim, that person eventually gets burnt in Gehenim. as it says, Hoi, like, woe is it, to those, to those people who, who flatter others. <coughs> The flattery here is when a person is calling Ra, Toif. And Maxiv Akrov, and it says right afterwards, Lochein Ke'echoil Kash Lushoin Eish, that it will be that just like a tongue of fire eats straw, and Vechashash and stubble is Lehava Yirpa, is pulverized by a flame, so too will this person be consumed by fire. And fire is a physical manifestation of Gehenim. Moving on to the next mnemonic of Biyadev, Amr Abiy Allahzar, Kolam Achnev Lechaveroi, Soif Noifel Biyadev, the end will be many people flatter because they think it's going to help them. The opposite, if you falsely flatter a person, eventually you will fall in their hand. And Ve'im Einu Noifel Biyadev, and if you're not going to have your downfall in their hand, you're going to have your downfall Biyad Banov in the hand of a son. And Ve'im Einu Noifel Biyad Banov, Noifel Biyad Bendenoi, then you'll have your downfall in the grandson. And as it says, and as Rashi points out, the second to last Rashi in the Amid, that during the life of Yirmiyahu, there was a false prophet called Hananya. And when there was Gaulus I'm reading out from Rashi, and the clay Kaidish, and they were taken out of Eretz Yisrael, came along Hananya, and he prophesied falsely by saying, that the holy Kalim will return within two years. He said, So what did the Yirmiyahu say? He said, Amen, may it build the will of God. Says the Gemara that really that was a Hanifa, because Yirmiyahu knew that he's not a real prophet. You know, when we give rachas to each other and I say, Amen, that's beautiful. Amen, that what you're saying should come true. But when a person is saying something in the name of Hashem and it's not true, and Yirmiyahu, who was a Navi, knew that he was lying. To him, you don't say Amen. To him, you have to criticize. Why are you saying false prophecy? So there was a Hanifa here. And he told him, Amen, Kenyas Hashem. Kenyas Hashem. Yakam Hashem is May it be that Hashem will do and may Hashem make stand your words. And Viksiv, turning to the Afman Beis, that there was the time when Yirmiyahu was standing in the gate of Binyamin. And as Rashi again points out, on Daf Mem Aleph Ahmed Beis in the last Rashi, that there was a war. And the Kazdian, which are really some sect of the Babylonians, they were laying siege to Yerushalayim. And people in Yerushalayim, including Yirmiyahu, were, so to say, stuck in there. When the, when the Kazdian thought that the Egyptians were approaching, they ran away. So there was an opening to leave Yerushalayim. Yirmiyahu apparently then inherited some land, Be'eretz Binyamin. And now that there was an opening to leave Yerushalayim, he went simply to take possession of his property. In other words, he was planning to leave Yerushalayim for a personal thing. And what happened? Visham Baal Pekidois, there was an officer by the exit of Yerushalayim. And Vushmaya's name was Yiriyah ben Shalemia, ben Hanania, the grandson of this false prophet. And by this place, he sees Yirmiyahu accusing him falsely and saying, You're going to run after the Kazdian? And by Yirmiyahu, no, that's not true. I'm not running to, to make a pact 
with the Kazdiyim. I'm coming to take, I'm going, I'm leaving Yerushalayim for something personal. But this Yiria did not believe him. And and he brought him to officers in Yerushalayim, and Yirmiyo was put into prison for a while. So here you see that Yirmiyo fell in the hands of the grandchild of the person to whom he was machanif. If Amar Rabbalozer says Rabbalozer, if a congregation has in it this character trait of flattering others when it's false, then Mausa they become repulsive like a nidam, like a menstruant woman, repulsive meaning, as the Marsha speaks out, that the husband keeps away from her physically in order for them not to be together. So there is a separation. So people somehow feel that they should keep away from such an Eidah. Shenebar Azit says, Ki adas chaneif, that the congregation that has an it chanifa is Galmud. Galmud means it's forsaken. No, it's people abandon them. People let them be. People walk away from them. And Galmud means anidash. In certain uh, islands, they call anida a Galmuda. Says the Gemara, what's the taich, what's the meaning, or what's the composite of Galmuda? So the Gemara says, Galmuda is in a Rashi Tevis. It's an acronym for the words Gemula. And the Bach adds the words Da, Mi Bailam, that this one is separated from her husband. A congregation that has in it this attribute of Chanufa, of Chanifa, at the end, it's going to go into exile. Ksiv Hachet says over here, Ki Adas Galmut. We just quoted this Pasik. And Viksiv Hasam. And it says in Yeshayev Amartabul Vavcha. What would it mean that a congregation has this? It's all back to the concept of Toichai Kebari. Toichai Kebari means is that, is, that, is that what's inside has to be outside. And whenever we cover up the truth by Hanifa, so there is an inner exile. Something in me is stuck. It's not finding expression. Even if it's bad, there is a cover-up over the reality. What is exile? That the Shekhinah is hidden. Exile is, is that I belong in one place, I'm in another place. Something is not aligned. Hanifa fortifies that which is not aligned. And again, when, 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 when a Talmud, when a father, when a, when a person who's taka seeing the etzim hanasham in someone else, and he tells me, you're such a tzaddik, that's not called Hanifa. Fakert, that is taking out of exile something that's within the person. But on the other hand, if the person has a bad behavior and that's being overlooked or ignored, that's called Hanifa. That's called false, what are you flattering? Flattering is pushing, you're, you're helping something remain covered. That is Golos. And whatever happens within happens ultimately without. And Velmat Bilvavecha, this is a, pasik, a positive Pasik that after Bilvavech, you'll say in your heart, after Mashiach will come and all the Jews will come back to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim. So as if the city Yerushalayim is going to say, who, who gave birth to all of these people? Va'ani and I. And here we have the words, I'm Shekula, I'm bereaved, or I was bereaved during Golos. I'm a Galmuda. Here we see that Golos is called the time of Galmuda. I was forsaken. I was Goyla. I was exiled. I was Vesuda. I was a wanderer. So here you see that um, the word Galmuda is connected to Golos. And Galmuda is connected and is a result of Hanufa. There are four groups of people that aid Makabalis playing Ashkina that they will be unable to receive the face of the Shekhinah. You know, people 
that are constantly covering a certain reality. So when the, the Shekhinah is also a reality that is at least during the times pre-Mashiach hidden, and you won't be able to see it. We are into cover-ups. Cover-ups attract other cover-ups. Who are the four people that cover up things? Kat Leitzim. Leitzim, let's translate Leitzim as cynics. Cynics, a cynic. Cynic is a, le- a late. In other words, he's, there, is, there is a truth. He's suppressing a truth. How do you suppress a truth if it's a truth? By saying, don't be so impressed from that. You make chayzik from it. You make fun of it. Kat chanifim, people who flatter. In other words, there's something inside, nishgut, and you're completely glossering it over. Kat liars. And the kat nasapri lashon and people that spread lies to others. Kat leitzim, as it says, mashach yodoi. That Hashem will withdraw his hand from cynics. Kat chanifim, as it says, kiloy lefan of chanif ba yavai. That not in front of Hashem will come the chanif. Kat shkarim, as it says, as it says here in Tehillim, doivish shkarim lo yikain lenegad einoi. That those who speak falsehoods cannot abide in front of Hashem's eyes. As it says, that you, Hashem, are not a God that desires wickedness. You cannot live together with evil. That you are a tzaddik. And evil cannot live in your abode. And as Rashi at the end of the Pedic says, that the continuation of the Pasik is, In other words, that capital in Tehillim defines what are we referring to by saying that, they're, 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 that by them, by those evil people, there's no nechayna. There's no sincerity on their, on their lips. Referring to people who spread, who speak Lashon Hara. That those are the people that, lo yugurcha ra. So all in the positive, we have to speak the truth. And fakert, if there's a truth that's hidden, it's our responsibility to bring it out. Of course, for, the, for good reasons, to bring it out, to fix it. And that is actually what brings the redemption. That which is hidden has to come out to the forefront. We will return to Pedic Shvi. And now let's already start the second to last Pedic in Mesech Dosoita. Now, really, this Mishnah is a continuation of the Mishnah that we had on Daf Lamed Beis, right, which was the beginning of Pedic Shvi. The Mishnah began there, or like Toysavus had the Girsa, and then the Mishnah went on to speak about many dinim, that need to be spoken only in Lashon HaKadosh. And the second to last case in the Mishnah there was Egla Arufa. And then the last din that the Mishnah spoke out was the din of a, someone who was anointed for war, as we'll learn right now, that the words of inspiration were spoken out only in Lashon HaKadosh. Toysavis and Tapara Ahmed points out the problem as to why does Rebbe here, when he's explaining the Egla Rufa and the Meshuach Mulchama, why doesn't he follow the order that he had in Daflamid base? What's there when the Mishnah just gave the, the, the topics? It was Egla Rufa, and the last is Meshuach Mulchama. Here, when Rebbe is explaining what they are, first he explains Meshuach Mulchama, and then the last Pedic is going to be Egla Rufa as to why he changed the order, just to point out that in the Chumash, Right, and Parsha Shoiftim, in which we have both the din of Meshuach Molchama and the din of Egla Rufa, the Seder in the Chumash, the Seder in the Mishnah here is like the Seder in the Chumash. First, we learn about the Parshas of Meshuach Molchama, that's Devarim Pedek Chav, and then at the end of Parsha Shoiftim, do we have Egla 
Arufa. So the question is more, why does Rebbe, in the beginning, reverse the order? So Ayin and Taisus. Says the Mishnah, Meshuach Malchama, the one who is anointed to, to, to stand and speak to us before we go into battle. During the time that he speaks to the people, you should know that that is the time that he speaks to the people. He speaks to us exclusively in Lashon HaKadosh. And this is as it says, in, it says, Then it says in Pasuk Beis, and So let's start reading in the Mishnah. So Shinemar, as it says, again, this is Pedic Chof Pasuk Beis, that as you draw near to the battle, and by the way, we'll see in the Gemara later that the Kain Meshuach Molchama spoke to us twice. The first time he spoke to us is when we were on the border, before we were even near the enemy. And then he spoke to us again while we entered into battle. And there were different things said at different times. And as we find in Taita Shabal Peh, another beautiful case, where the, the words that he spoke to us first are recorded in the Taita later. And the words that he spoke to us later, while we were in battle, is actually recorded in the Taita first. And that's the way it works. So, the Kayin draws near us. Who is the Kayin? Says the Mishnah, that's Kayin Meshuach Molchama. That wasn't any coin, but there was a coin that was anointed. And when we speak about anointment, we're speaking about the Shaman Hanishcha, the anointing oil that Moshe Rabbeinu made. That Taka was not uh, with us during the times of the second base on Migdash. Now, when it comes to the coin Gadol that we learned in Yuma, that if we don't have the, the Shaman Hanishcha, the coin Gadol could be appointed as a coin Gadol simply by wearing the Shemayin and but when it comes to a Kayin Meshuach Mulchama, according to many Rishonim, according to the Rambam and others, you can only anoint a Kayin to be the Kayin Meshuach Mulchama with the Shaman HaMishcha. Meaning that from when we did not have that special anointing oil, we didn't have a Kayin Meshuach Mulchama. And what did he say? V'dibet al-ha'am, says the Pasik, says the Mishnah, ah, v'dibet al-ha'am. You know what that means? It means Balashan HaKadosh. And as the Gemara is going to ask in the beginning, what's the proof? How do you see from the words, that it has to be Belashan HaKadosh? And what does he say? And now the Mishnah quotes Pasig Gimel. And he opens up by telling them, Shema Yisrael. And then he tells that don't be afraid when you're going out to war. Al quoting from the Pasig, says the Mishnah, you know why the Kain said the words, on your enemies, to emphasize, you're not going to war against your brothers. This is not a war of Yehuda on Shimon, or not, not on Shimon on Binyamin. The reason why the Mishnah speaks about Yehuda, Shimon and Binyamin, very interestingly, says the Marsha, that even though, according to those opinions, and there's a machlekes in that, in the Gemara, as to whether did the ten tribes come back or not. Bisman by Yisrishan. According to the opinion that holds that they were taken exiled and they did not come back. So people normally know which of the two tribes stayed in Eretz Yisrael. Yehuda and Benyamin. And when it comes to Yehuda and Benyamin, we know that the numbers of Yehuda were exponentially more than the tribes of Benyamin, than the members of Benyamin. Which is why today, according to many, we are called Yehudim, Jews, from Shevet Yehuda. What about Binyamin? Ruba the Ruba were from Yehuda. Says the Marsha that it must be that there were many members of Shimon that also stayed. Since Shimon was neighboring Yehuda and Binyamin, 
doesn't make sense, Pashid, when, uh, when, there's a, when there's an army and there's a war and there's golos, that you, you know, you, God forbid, you're attacked, you run to your neighbor if you're in trouble. So, so the Mishnah, Bizman, Bayesheni, during the times of the Tanoim, who were the main three tribes, that's one suggestion, Yehuda, Shimon, and Benyamin. So if we are, God forbid, fighting amongst each other, Shim tip will be Adam. If one uh, tribe, one shavit will fall on the hands of the other, the winning one will have Rachmanus. It's very strange that the Mishnah quotes a story in where really, if you look at Nach, in that story, there was a war between Yisrael and Yehuda. Rashi speaks about it. Rashi speaks about a king called Pekach ben Yohu, who was a Melech Yisrael, that he had a war against Yehuda. And before the Navi Achaz reprimanded Yisrael for doing what they did, they killed 120,000 Yidin. So imagine, that's not called Rachmanas. But after we were reprimanded by, Melechis, by, a, by a Melech, how can you do this to your fellow Jew? That is when, now we're quoting the Mishnah, so it says, that the people, right, from, from, from the tribes of Yisrael, that were leading the people then, when they, after they were reprimanded, and they were told Musr, by Oived Hanavi, Oided, Oided, Oided was the Navi Rashi says, Achaz was the king of Yehuda. So after they were told Musr, how can you hurt your brothers? By Yachziku Bashivya, they took captives. And what did they do with the captives now? V'chol ma'aru mehem, all of those who were naked, he'll be shumen the, the, the victors, Yisrael, dressed, dressed them with clothing that they took from, not from their own pocket, that they took from that which they conquered from us, from the loot. And they dressed the, the prisoners of war. And they put shoes on the prisoners of wars. And they gave food to them. And they gave drink to them. And they anointed them. And for those who were stumbling, they were unable to walk. So they gave them donkeys so they, they should have a comfortable trip. And they were brought to Yerichai. The palm city. And they brought them back to the brothers. And then... The warriors from Yisrael returned to Shamran, which was then the capital of Malchus Yisrael. This is, this is, this is in the times of the second Beis Amigdash. No, 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 I think... No, 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 times of the first Beis Amigdash. At the end of the first Beis Amigdash. And now, so the Pasik is saying that you're going to war against your enemies. It's not against your brothers. Aloivechem atem ha'ilchem. Meaning, if God forbid you're going to lose, they'll have no mercy on you. Now those words were not said to frighten. It's very important. Those words were said to make soldiers resolve, I will win. And a soldier and a group of soldiers and an army that goes to battle has to go with the mindset that we're going to have Nitzachim. We're going to be victors. But that mindset gives them more kayach. There's no compromise. And then the coin continued, Al do not allow your hearts to be faint. Al Tiru, do not have fear. Al Tachbazu, do not panic. Al Tartzu, do not be broken. So says the Mishnah, Al the reason why the coin spoke out four expressions of what they should not feel, and here it's very specific, the type of emotion of fear. Don't allow your hearts to be faint. That refers to the Pnei Tzohala, Susim. 
That is because of the neighing of the horses that the enemy soldiers used to make their horses cry out to, in, to evoke fear. And there was the glittering of the swords, which can make people faint. So the coin says, don't get faint from that. Altiru did not have fear. Why would they have fear? From the clashes of the terisim, of their shields. The enemies used to clash their shields together. All of these things were in order to bring out fear. And, and vishifa'as ha-kalgasim. So here it's interestingly, we just had on Daflam and Gimel the word gas-kalgas, if you remember. That was one of the basa coils that came out from the Kodesh HaKadoshim in Aramish. And here, kalgas refers to soldiers. Shifas, a shefa of soldiers. Don't be afraid when you're going to see many numerous soldiers. Al-Tach said the Kayim, don't panic. Why would we panic? Mikoil Karnois from the horns. They used to blow horns to make us panic. Al-Tatsu, don't be broken. Mipnei Koil Tzavachos from the enemy shouts. And the Kayim went on, and actually it's amazing how it begins with the word Shema Yisrael, that's Pasik Beis. And here we're speaking about don't have fear. And Kiyadua, the question that was asked to the Magid, how can Hashem command us to love him? How can you give a mitzvah on an emotion? Either you love God or you don't. And one of the answers that we have in Hasidah is, is that the commandment is on Shema Yisrael. That if a person is going to be misbeinen, if a person contemplates and learns about and thinks about deeply the, the, the oneness of Hashem, for sure you're going to have love to God. And here we have the same thing, that the Pasuk begins Shema Yisrael. Was when we think about how God is the master of the world, then we will not have fear. Because we have to deeply think and understand and allow penetrate that that it is Hashem that's going with us. Says the Mishnah, what does that imply? They are enemies, they come with the strength. And what is their nitzachen, the midas ha It is human strength. Human itzachen, but va'atem, but you, meaning us, the Jewish people, boim b'netzchayin We come with God's strength, and the Mishnah gives various examples that the polishdim bo'u b'netzchayin shal goliyas. The polishdim during the time when they were fighting us, when they had when Goliath was alive, their strength, their koyach, they thought they're going to be victors because of Goliath. Ma'ah Yosefai, l'soif nafal becherev. At the end, Goliath was killed with a sword. And since they, their kayak was based on him, a human being, so what happens when he fell? V'nafal imai, everyone fell with him. Likewise, when the Ammonites, a little bit later, were fighting against the Eden during the times of David HaMelech, then his head was cut off with a sword. And Bo ben Yitzchayin shal Shoivach, they had this giant warrior called Shoivach. And they relied on him. And he was killed with a sword. And since their Netzachan was based on a human being, so the Naflu Imai. But Hashem is going with us to wage war for us. And concludes the Mishnah. And that refers to Machna Aren. A lot more about this. Emir Tzashem and Mem Gimel. That there's a Machlik is really Tanoim as to how many Aroinois were there. Was there one Aaron Kaidish or was there two? There are some Tanoim that hold that there was an Aaron that Moshe Rabbeinu made. That was a wooden Aaron Kaidish. And then there was the Aaron that Betzalel made. And that's the opinion of this Mishnah. 
And according to that opinion, the luchas that were not broken were kept in the Aron Kodesh that B'Tzalol made, which was in the Kodesh HaKadosh. But the Shivri HaLuchas were put into the Aron that Moshe Rabbeinu built a wooden Aron, and that was taken out with us in battle. Uh, and, and another opinion will be that the Aron refers to a certain Aron that had in it certain Shemois of Hashem, the Shem Ab, Perhaps the Urim Vitumim, more about us on Dafmem Gimel. So when we went out to wage battle, we went with an Aran that had in it holy articles. In other words, the Shechina was revealed with us, and we're relying on the Shechina, we're relying on God, and there, for sure, we're going to win. Begins the Gemara. My Ka'amar, when the Mishnah wanted to prove that the words of the Mishroch Molchama are spoken, Balashan HaKadosh, so the Mishnah quoted the words, it says, V'dibar al Ha'am. Aha, Vediber Balashan HaKadosh. Says the Gemara, what proof is there? Maybe Vediber Elohim means the Chavez Balashan Laz. How do you know? Barachatwa, do you know Elohim Malachim? Sharkhalim, don't worry. Hachi Ka'amar answers the Gemara, Shunaman, since it says here the words Vediber, and this is great, and it says, Lahalon elsewhere in Parshas Yisrael, Moshe Yidaber Vohe Elohim Ya'anenu Bekoil. And we know that Asadis Hadibris were given, Bulashan HaKodesh, Malahalam Bulashan HaKodesh, Afkam Bulashan HaKodesh. This is great because if we remember, the Mishnah used the Brachis and Klolis, the Mishnah, not Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanakama, as a base for many other dinim that they are spoken out, Bulashan HaKodesh, from Anuva Amru. And then the Gemara asked, how do you know that the Brachis and Klolis themselves are said Bulashan HaKodesh? And there we had Koil Koil. By the Brachis and Klolis, it says Koil Ram. And they brought this pasuk, Moishi Yedaber Vohelikim Yanenu Bekoil. Means everything comes back to Rasar Sadimrus. And here also we have that Vediber 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 from the giving of the Rasar Sadimrus. Tanur Rabbanu we learned in a brayso that when it says Vnigash Hakoyin that the Koyin approached Vediber Al Ha'am and he spoke to the people. That's in again in Shoftim. That's in this parsha Chaf. And pay the chav pasig beis. So says the brayso. Yachol kol koyin sheyirza. You might think that any koyin can get up and speak. You know the words of inspiration. Don't be afraid of them. Hashem is with us. Talmud Leimer. It says later in pasig hey v'dibru hashoytrim that officers spoke. And as it will become clear that the words that the koyin spoke were repeated by officers. So since we put together the koyin. And the officers, one is like the other, just like the officers are bimemuna, are appointed people, appointed for their position. That's the way it works in, a, in an army. Af kayin, that the kayin that spoke has to be a kayin that was specially memuna, appointed for this job. So say maybe it's the, the kayin gavel. He's an appointed kayin. So maybe the one that was already appointed, who is the kayin that's appointed? The kayin gavel. He should be the one giving this talk. So says the Gemara, no, says the Braisa, Dumya the Shaiter. It has to be like the officer. Ma Shaiter Shiesh Memuna al Gabov. An officer is not a general. The word Memuna, right, or the word Shaiter, Shaiter doesn't mean the chief, it means an officer. So Av Kayan has to be what type of Kayan? Shiesh Memuna al Gabov, that there's someone above him. The Braisa is not happy. But a Kayan Godel, Nabe Ho'ika Melech al Gabov, the Kayan Godel has someone above him. In the hierarchy of the Jewish nation, the king is on top, under Hashem. But the Melech is on top, as we learned in the previous Shiurim, that the Sefer Torah that was brought to the Melech on Hakel, and we wanted to show the covet of the Melech, so it went from the right, from the Shamish to the Gabai, to the Sgan, to the Koin Gadol, to the Melech. 
Answers the Gemara, that yeah, in the bigger picture, the Melech is on top of the Kohen Gadol. But when you look at the Avoidah of the Beis Amigdash, who is the one on top? The Kohen Gadol. The Melech doesn't do the Avoidah in the Beis Amigdash. So the Kohen Gadol is not summoned by Avoidah that Yesh Melech Olof. And homiletically, that's the whole sheet of, of Chabad. That everyone has to do their own Avoidah. Either there's a Rebbe, there's a Melech. Very nice. But in your Avoidah, it's up to you, it's up to me. We have to do our own hard work. So ask, still ask the Brais of Amos Sigan. The Sigan, perfect, the, the deputy, Kohen Gadol, that was appointed just in case the Kohen Gadol will become disqualified for whatever reason, on Yom Kippur, and on Yom Kippur you can only do the Avaida through the Kohen Gadol so there was someone ready to take his place. He's, he, he was already appointed. He has someone above him. Maybe the Sigan is the one that does the talking. Answers the Braisa. Sigan is not called an appointment. Gavaldik. It's like sometimes the vice president, he's not really appointed to do anything. You know, that I uh, forget about the vice president. Lahavdul, going back in the base of Mikdash, the Sgan Taka didn't do anything. He was only there in case the Kohen Gadol becomes disqualified. But if the Kohen Gadol does not become disqualified, then what was he appointed for? Nothing. So it must be there was someone specifically appointed for the job of speaking to the people. And the Tanya, Amar Rabbi Hanina Sgan Hakoyhanim. And if you remember in Yuma, we learned that during Bizman Bayesheni, because of the unfortunate corruption as to who became the Kayan Gadol, most of them did not live the whole year, being that they entered the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur. And I think we learned that there were over 300 Kayanim Gedolim. Don't forget the whole Bayesheni stood for 420 years. And we had Shemenat Sadiq, who knows there were certain Kayanim Gedolim that took up 40 years. I think Shemenat Sadiq was 40. There was another Kayan. That, oh, yeah, that's right. So you had 40, you had eight. So the rest, one per year. So now, Hanina, he was not Sagan HaKoyen Gadol. They called him Sagan HaKoyhanim. It's sad. No, it's he served as a deputy to many, many Kahanim Gadolim. Sagan HaKoyhanim. And he said, Lama Sagan Memuna. Only Shim Ira by Psul, B'Koyen Gadol, Nichnes Musham Ashtachtov. Basically, he was saying, I was chosen to do nothing. I'm waiting. And the... So therefore, from here we see that it has to be someone that was appointed for, and that's what we call, he is appointed with anointing oil in order to speak to the soldiers before we go out to battle. And for Omar Aleyem and Pasi Gimel it says, he starts saying the word Shema Yisrael. If it says for Omar Aleyem, if he's speaking to the people, but the people are listening. Why did he open with the word Shema Yisrael? Amar Rabbi Yechanan in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. That Amar Lehem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael Hashem is telling the Jewish people Afilu leikiyamtem elokiyashma even if we only kept the mitzvah of reading Shema every morning and every evening just for that i'atem nemsarim biyadam it's like a segula. So he evoked this chos of Shema Yisrael and until today when he didn't feel they are in danger why do they shout Shema Yisrael? And again, we're Isru Chag, Rosh Hashanah as we spoke out, that when the Al-Tarebbe was arrested, people did not know if he's living or not. And the Al-Tarebbe said, sent his relative, Yisrael Kazik, to wander in the streets of Petersburg. And when the minister of culture started to really respect the Al-Tarebbe, the Al-Tarebbe asked him to notify his Hasidim that he's alive. So ultimately, he found Yisrael Kazik, and he told him to come towards his estate. 
and he threw out of the window a piece of paper, and Yisrael Kazik read, what did the Alter Rebbe write? Shema Yisrael. And that's how he knew the Alter Rebbe is living. Shema Yisrael is, is a sgula that atem nemsarim biyadam, that we don't fall in the hands of the Goyim. And what did the Koyin say? Al yerach lavavchem, do not allow your hearts to be faint. Al tiru, right? Al tech al tarzu. Ton Rabbonon, says the Braiso, pamayim medaber imam. What really happened was there were two times that the Kain Meshuach Mulchama spoke the words of inspiration to the people, to the troops. Achas was Basfar. One was we while we were still on the border. And Ba'achas Bamulchama, and only the and the second time was while we entered battle itself. Basfar Maho Turning to Daf Mem Bez Amid Bez. Shimu Devarai. Hear the words concerning the war regiments. What are the words concerning the war regiments, explains Rashi. So Rashi starts quoting Psukim Hay and Vav and Zion. We're mamash skipping. And over there he said that there are people who have exemptions. Who are the ones who have exemptions if you built a house, if you planted a vineyard, if you got married to a woman? And, and here the, the challenge here that people have in Rashi is Rashi adds the exemption of Pasig Vav is whoever has fear from the sins in their hands. And there are those who say that that was not said in the beginning. So the details of Rashi, look in the Mepharshim. But the Nakud of this Braise is, again, Torah Shabbat teaches us how to learn the Chumash. First he spoke, not the words that we learned in the Mishnah. First he told people, if you have an exemption, then Chizru, return. Either he commanded them to return, or he told them, Chazru, you may return. And then, Baal Now, once people, whoever stayed, and now we're, we're, we're entering battle with our enemies, this is hand-to-hand battle, this is you know, a violent battle. So right then, he tells them, now we're going back to Pasuk Gimel. He tells them, don't be faint. Don't be afraid, don't panic, and don't be broken. Now, why did the Pasuk speak out these four different types of emotions that we should not have? This is to counter the four things that the Goyim did to, uh, to bring out, to try to evoke fear. And what is it? So here the Gemara says, a few things that the Mishnah mentions, the Braiso does not mention. Rashi addresses that. That Oisen Megifen, Megifen means they clash their shields. Umerian means they blow their horns. Tsoivchem, they shout with their mouths. And Veroimsim, they make their horses stomp with their feet. And Rashi explains that the other things that the Mishnah mentioned, that is the Iker Muhammad itself. It's not La'ayim, it's the Muhammad itself. Be that as it may, Again, going back, that he commanded them that there is an iser to feel fear. How, but I'm afraid, if we're Shema Yisrael, that Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, if Hashem is the master, the only master in the world, if everything is nothing other than, than godliness, when we allow that to penetrate, then we taka have no fear. And the Mishnah continued, Pelishtim ba'ub in its Goliath. They came with the strength of Goliath. Ah, says the Gemara, Goliath. Amar Rabbi Yechanan. Goliath was someone sha'amad begilui panim, a play of words. Gol, gal, to reveal. He, he was brazenly speaking out against Hashem. Shinemar, as it says, when he was taunting us for those 40 days, Brulachem ish, choose for yourself a man, the a lion, come down to fight me. And he wasn't only 
alluding to, you know, choose your best soldier to fight me. He said the word ish. And who did he also mean? Ve'ein ish ha-kodesh As it says, Hashem ish mulchama. Meaning, even your God cannot win over me. So, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yeah? Hareni mapiloi al yad benish. Like my titus, yeah? Ish, I'm going to put against you, not a man, not a trained soldier, a young person whose name is not even known. That was David when he was young. He's a benish. Shenemar as it says, V'david ben ish efrasi hazeh. Here we have a very important lesson using Lashon Rashi that a person should never do a person should never open up a statement by saying something that is not good towards oneself. That gives an opening for something not good to happen. Because there were three times that, that, that Goliath was saying, we're going to make a battle. If I'm going to lose, no, I'm going to lose. If I'm going to win, ooh, then I'm going to show you guys. Then all of you will be my slaves. So he spoke out, if, if. And he began with him losing. And he said that three times. And that was one of the means through which he lost. Oh, it's, he lost because Hashem wanted him to lose. But the kalim for his loss was his very own mouth. One time is when he opened up the statement, Come down. I'll be brought, you know, if I'll be brought down, that's, that's what he said. So then I lost. But if I'll win, then the next statement was, he says, In words, If he will succeed, then he'll smite me. And if not, I'll smite them. And when actually, when David came out, he was very disappointed. And he said, You know, David HaMelech did not come out like a mighty warrior. He came out with a stick and a slingshot. So, so, so Goliath says, Am I a psadog? That you're only coming against me with a staff, with sticks? So he opened up by saying that exactly, that he's a dog, to which you come out with sticks. He, was, he made a psichas pelera. Asks the Gemara if that's how it works. David Nami Amar, like David told him, You're coming against me with a sword, with a spear. Chidon is a throwing spear, it's a light, small spear. And then David HaMelech says, but I'm coming against you with the name of God. But also David HaMelech opened up speaking about the Koyach of Goliath. And if you have the concept of you should not be Poiseyach Pet, don't open up your statement with, with something that's not good for you. David HaMelech did it also. Answers the Gemara that Hadir Amar lay, since David said afterwards, I am coming against you. B'shem Hashem, with the name of God, the master of the legions, God of the regiments, that you ridiculed. In other words, it became clear that even when he said the words, you come out me with a sword, from the beginning, what is he saying? You're coming out to me with physical means. I'm coming out to you with, with, with Hashem. In other words, your cherev is nothing. He never was Paseach Pelera. Unlike Goliath, Goliath says, if you'll win over me, okay, then you'll win. If I'll win over you, then you will become my slaves. That's called Psichas Pelera. If anything, you say the opposite. I am going to win. If I won't win, begin with the good. Dabra Melech began with the good. He began with the good by contrasting the might Basar of Adam versus the might of Hashem. And then. Then it says that during the days, I mean, he was taunting us, it says, for 40 days. Telling us, 
choose for your sand, choose for your sand. Brula chamesh v'yeder delay. So vayigash apelishti. So it says in the inach hashkem v'harev. He approached us every morning, Ashkama, and every evening. So Omar Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, As we just learned on Omad Aleph, that just in the merit of saying Shema, we're saved from our enemies. So when did he taunt us? During the time that we're saying Shema in the morning, Shema in the evening. In other words, like the Mashallah explains, that was disturbing our Kavana. Shema Yisrael is a skula when it's Shema, when we allow it, to go into us, we should deeply understand. While we're saying the Shema, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, he thought that if we will then be feared with fear of the Pelishtim, so in Taichi Kebarai, Chanufa, we're not, we're not, we don't mean Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. It's not exactly Echad. There's Hashem, and you have the Pelishti. So he did it to disturb our kavana. And he stood against us for forty days. So now we have a difficulty. He stood against us, corresponding to the 40 days in which Hashem gave us the Torah. What does that mean? So the Marsha says, In other words, just like we were standing 40 days in anticipation to receive the Torah, and that is a schus for us, he thought that if we're going to have fear of a human being, which contradicts our real bitachan and amuna for 40 days and 40 nights, so it's going to counter, it's going to take away our schus for waiting of getting the Torah. That we were waiting 40 days and 40 nights. But really, as the Marshal says, it, wasn't, it didn't work for him. Because we felt fear when he was taunting us. That was during the daytime of the 40 days and 40 nights. When we were standing on Har Sinai, we were anticipating for the good 40 days and 40 nights. And a man which is called here Beinayim. Beinayim literally comes from the root Bein, in between. He came from the Machnes of the Pelishtim, and this man refers to Goliath, says the Gemara, my Beinayim, why is he called the man of Beinayim, Amarav? One interpretation is Shemavuna, that he was perfectly built, from the word Binyan, perfectly built, meaning Mikalmum, he had no blemish. Shmuel says, Beinani Shebe'echav, Beinayim comes from the word Beinani. And as we'll see in a moment, Atigamar establishes that Harafa and Arpa are the same person. She was a daughter-in-law of Naomi. Naomi. And she had four sons. In other words, he was one of four. They were all giants. And we call him Ish HaBeinayim, that he was the average of his brothers. In other words, he had brothers that were even greater and stronger than him. He was built like a building, whatever that means, like a tower. And Rabbi Yechanan Omar, it was something physically intimidating. Rabbi Yechanan Omar, oh, and here we start. Rabbi Yechanan says, you know what Binayim means? Bar papi, that there were a hundred stepfathers. He had a hundred stepfathers. And Vachado Nani, Rashi says that Nani, Beloshan Parsi, means Abba, Av, meaning that his mother was very promiscuous that there were 101 men that had relations with his mother during the time that she became pregnant with him. 101 men would mean that only one is his father and another 100 men are the potential, the stepfathers. Other people interpret here, it's much more than that. And here we have something that's negative, when we have the chachma of genetic splicing, 
that perhaps what the Gemara is saying is that the reason why he turned out to be such a mighty man, that really, once, when a woman already gets pregnant, she's pregnant. But somehow, there was some of the genes of the Zeta of one got mixed with the, with the sperm of another, and it was together, that is what got the mother pregnant. So he was a product taka of many people together. And many evil people. And then there was not another Maimer Chazal that there was not a dog involved over there. But there was a bunch of different types of, we call that genetic splicing that was involved in the production of the, the Grace physical Goliaths. Goliaths, Shemai, the Goliaths Shemai. Right? It says, Vayeshi Ish, Mi Beinayim, Mi Machnais Pelishtim, the Goliaths Shemai, Mi Gas. Migas means from a place called Gas. Now, really, as the Farshim say, that normally in Nach it would say Hagiti if it would only mean he comes from Gas. Why does it say Hagas? Also alluding to what we just learned from Rabbi Echanan. So Tani Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef taught a Braisa, Shahakoil Doshin as Imoy Kigas, that his mother was like a wine press. Everyone presses on the wine press to produce wine. Many people press down on his mother. Ksiv, it's. No, no, Plishti. Yeah. In other words, his mother was offered the opportunity to convert, but she didn't. She walked 40 steps with the mother-in-law, and then she walked back. That's also connected to the 40 days that he had the Koyach to taunt us. So Ruz converted, which, is, which means David and Goliath were cousins. As we'll see in a moment. So it says, Ksiv Ma'orois, that he was from the caves, but we have it many times in Nach, the Kri and the Ksiv. How do we read the word? We don't read it that he is from the Ma'orois. We read Ma'archois. He was from the regiments. No, he, was a, he was a warrior from the Polishtim. So Tani Rabbi Yosef, Kri, Ksiv, they both have a meaning. Shahakoil Heru Bi'imoy. In other words, Ma'orois, it's written Ma'orois to allude, doesn't mean caves. Ha'ara'a. In the beginning of an act of cohabitation, that everyone was ma'ara in his mother. See, it says over here, harafa. And it says, then we have it, the character of Arpas as the Gemara, that's the same person. In other words, Goliath was, this, was the son of Harafa. That's clearly written. Harafa had four sons. One of them was Goliath. We know from the story of Rus and her sister, Arpa. It's the same one. Harafa is Arpa. Ravu Shmuel explaining why were there two different names. One of them hold her real name was Harafa. Why was she called Arpa? Oh, a derogatory a title. The word Oirif means from the back. Shahakel Oirfin that she made herself uh, available, Hefker, to all the men in a very uh, animalistic way. They had relations with her, Ma'achareha. V'chad Omar, that really her name was Arpa. Why was she called Harafa? Harafa means shahakoil doshen oisa, keharifois. That everyone, again, they crushed her the way you crush kernels. How do we know that the words Harafa or Harifus means crushed kernels? V'chainu oimer, matika choisha, that a woman took and she spread out the curtain on top of a opening of a well and and she scattered on it crushed kernels that's where we see in the Pasuk Enach that Harifois is crushed kernels and that is again some type of um, derogatory name that she was given 
because of her making herself completely hefker. Or I'll show you from another passing that harifois refers to crushed kernels. It says, that if you will crush a fool in a mortar amid betaych harifois among crushed kernels. That's the expression. If you take a fool and you put them in and you crush them together with kernels and they're going to be crushed with bali with a pestle. Again, the lushing of harafa is something to do with crushing, which is an allusion to her being with many men. Now that we established that harafa is arpa, so harafa had four sons, begas, and vayiplu beyad david, and those sons fell in the hands of David, and in the hands of the people subservient to David. Man, Nino, my Nino, who were her four sons? Amar Afchizda, people question on Afchizda that to understand what is he adding. These names are written in Nach. So what were the four sons? Saf, Madain, Goliath, and Yishbi Benoif. How do we know that he all fell in the hands of David and Avadav? Tishak. That while she was given the opportunity to go with Naomi to join the Jewish people, so she walked with her for a while. Like we said, she took 40 steps with her mother-in-law, but then she decided that joining the Jewish people is not going to work for her, so she kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But it says in the Pasuk, Virus, Dafka Ba Batrus, cleave to Naomi. And she became a Jewish woman. Amar Ab Yitzchak, that Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that when that happened, Hashem said, "Yavayu b'nei Hanashuka," that the descendants of those who kiss and they will fall in the hands of those who cleave. As you know, Vidrashas Harabanim, the homiletical that there's a kissing Jew and there's a cleaving Jew. So a Jew that Taka comes to shul every now and then and he kisses the Sefer Torah, then he walks out of shul. Then you have the people that are cleaving that are there the whole time, and that's the goal. The goal is to cleave to God. To be a Jew 24-7, and what happens is in a positive way that the ones who are devukim have the power to transform, to elevate the ones that are in the vila, Jews that every now and then they give up a kush and they go vaita. That while Orpa was saying goodbye to Naomi, she cried. And she cried twice. What's that crying twice? Every time you cry, a tear comes out from each eye. So when you cry twice, has the four tears. So because of the four tears that she cried, she merited to have four mighty children. As it says, that both Arpa and Naomi cried together, and they cried again. Crying once is two tears, crying twice, has to four tears. Then it says that the Polishti hates Chanisoi. This is a Pasuk in referring to the spear of Goliath. The literal touches the shaft of his spear. That is what's written. Chetz chanitzoi. How do we read it? The wood of his spear eats chanitzoi. So why is it written chetz chanitzoi? So just like we had a few lines above, the Gemara interpreting the meaning of the ksiv. It's not spoken, but it's written. Here also says Rabbi Elazar, Adayin chetz chanitzoi. Chetz is from the word half. Chanitzoi means grace. His chain. That as much as the Pasuk spoke about the might of Goliath, you should know that the Pasuk didn't even mention the chetzi of his chanisoi. 
You now want to speak about the praise of wicked. Bechlal, there's a whole discussion over here. Really, it's a love. It says, that we're not allowed to give any grace to non-Jews. So, how does that... Is it connected? Is it not connected? Is this a separate thing? Is this part of it? But here, Belashan, over here, you can't speak about the praise of wicked people. And therefore, the Pasuk did not speak about the uh, only half, not even half of his, of his chayim. If he can't speak about the, the, the praise of the wicked, why did the Pasuk have to speak anything about Goliath? Answers the Gemara, no, that was to speak about the greatness of David. When you want to impress what happened, the miracle that David HaMelech then, when he was a Benish, with hardly any weapons that he managed to kill Goliath, that was a Gilei it wasn't David. So how do you show it? Now the Mishnah continued that what were the words that are not written in the Torah, but that the Kayin Meshuach Mulchama was impressing upon the troops that Dnei Amoin, Taka, they had a great leader called Shaivach, and they raised war against us while we were under the rulership of David HaMelech, and they came they came with the strength, they came with the certainty of winning because they had Shaivach. So says the Gemara Shaivach. He really, he has two names. Sometimes he's called Shoivach, the name of that general. Sometimes he's called Shoifach. Now just to know, Shoivach in Lashem Kodesh means a bird's home. They used to build Shoivachim on very tall places. So Shoivach alludes to something very tall. And the word Shoivach means to pour out. To pour. So Rav Shmuel, Chadamar Shoivach Metafei was his name. Why was he nicknamed Shoivach? Shoasui ki Shoivach. He was built like a Shoivach. Meaning, according to most, he was very tall. Like we had before, Goliath was like a building. Chadamar Shoivach was his name. Why is he called Shoivach? Shekol Haroya Oisai, whoever saw him, Nishbach Lafan of Kekita, and poured out like a jug. Meaning that, you know, when you fight a war, you have to first win psychologically. Which is what the what the Kaimish Shuach Muhammad did. And then you win physically. The Ruchnias comes always before the Gashmias. When people stood in front of Shaivach, all of their spiting spirit, all of their uh, fighting spirit was lost. They saw as a giant, they lost their spirit. So their blood was already poured out. And then he pushed it physically, he killed them. And it says, Vaited, regarding this is regarding the troops of Nebuchadnezzar, that Ashpasoi Kikever Pasuach, Kulun Gebaidim. Now, the word ashpasai means a garbage uh, dump. So, that they were ashpasai of the, 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 the troops of Nebuchadnezzar was like an open grave. All of them were mighty people. So, we are bringing this in over here, at least superficially, Rav Shmuel, Rav Shmuel. So, Rav Shmuel, just like they interpreted by Shoivach, they interpreted regarding Nebuchadnezzar. Other people say it was Ravami and Avasi. Chad Omar that when one of those soldiers used to throw an arrow, they managed with one arrow to kill many, many enemy soldiers. And they made piles and piles of wounded people. And if you will think that the, that the greatness of the armies of Nebuchadnezzar wasn't that they were physically imposing, was only that they were trained properly, that they were trained to do a kerev, to do a war. They weren't only trained, but they were also physically intimidating. They were gibayim. Whenever they went to the bathroom, they made piles and piles of excrement. And that's a sign to how strong they were. Now really, the Gemara is going to say, sometimes people 
expelling a lot from their body is a result of them being ill. But if you're a giver and you're huge, you're a giant, and you're eating 10 times more than other people, so then when a, that person goes to the bathroom, there's 10 times more excrement as well. The Shema Taimah, that they were having Ashpasis of Jevel only because they, because they were Chayla Ma'ayime, because they were sick. So that's why it says Kulam Gibaydim. So that intimidated people. Like that's the Zevel. Imagine who they are. Omar of Meri. We say that the whole Ilam Hazah is the Zevel for Malach. That shows to the greatness of Malach. Omar of Meri, Shmamina. From here we learn that Haiman the Nafish Zivlei, that a person who produces excessive excrement. If they're not gibayim, you know what it means. It means they have an illness in their intestines. Practical. If a person is having too much excrement, they should go to a doctor to treat themselves. Let's just finish the amit. Now we're quoting a famous passage from Mishlei. It says again, Rav Ami and Avasi. That's how it comes in. Literally, it means if there is dread in a man's heart, yashchena means squash it. Says the Gemara Ravami Veravasi. One of them say, instead of reading it with a shin, Yashchena means squashing it, you should read it, Yashchena midaitoi, remove the worry from your head. In other words, focus elsewhere. The Chad Omar, the other one says, Yisichena la'achedim, talk it out. And as Rabbi Yitzchak Ginsberg loves quoting this Maimar Chazal, explaining this connected to the Shitas Habal Shemtiv, that the way we transform Ultimately, this world is by going through the three steps that he calls and only then can you have hamtaka, which first you have to suppress. Then you have to divide the good and the bad. And then you have the power to elevate the good so it's connected to the spasig. So yashchena means squash it, suppress it. And after you suppress that which is bothering you, then you have to remove the worry from your head by focusing elsewhere. That's called havdala because you're saying, I have a problem, but I have good things also. So there's good and there's bad. And then the goal of talking it out, the base of all of the, today's therapy, is that when you, talk, when you talk it out, if it's done properly, then you have the power to transform the bad itself into something good. Emir Hashem, to be continued.